Oh, turn up the volume. That's alone for hours that about how minded guy uh, that we story guy. How a letter from the future. What? <laughs> this is how a car. <laughs> I barely knew her. There we go. I barely knew her. <laughs> Living in a scientific age, we need citizens who know enough about science to make intelligent decisions about what they do. We've used science to, to prolong life. Energy. Energy. Security and happiness. But it can also be used for destruction. Tarantula. <laughs> Tarantula. Are we going to use it constructively? I still love the anchor man. The Human Torch was denied a bank loan. It'll be up to you. <laughs> he was a warming up. And you too. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my niece now, she was talking about a tarantula, but she called it a tray. She like mixed the word triangle into it. Oh, uh, funny. Like, triangula. A tarantula or something. Triangula. <laughs> <laughs> it was this big spider, a big triangular. Well, I'm going to let you get on with with your um, joke here pretty soon. But I realize that if I ethically, I can't make dad jokes because I'm not a dad. And me that neither. would make me a faux pas. Ah, yes. Classic. Yes. Uh, I think I, I pulled that out once. Oh, did, I pulled that out once just, at Gray Box. <laughs> You discarded it because it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, do you know which uh, U.S. state has the smallest soft drinks? Being such a soft drink fan as yourself, I don't. Minnesota. <laughs> that really didn't deserve that one. But <laughs> it true. was the closest button. Hi, Todd. Hello, Mark. How are you? I am well. We're we're we've been unpacking continuously for the last six weeks or so, and. Uh, we're starting to get a, a sense of like, oh, I yeah don't need to do anything with this room because it, everything's unpacked. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice feeling. <sighs> Moving sucks it really so does. bad. It's terrible. Um, but I was noticing. So I am not a huge uh, fan of music in general. Like it's always just kind of been a background thing or on the radio. Like there's songs that I really like, and and obviously I like Madonna and stuff like that. But it's not. Like other than that, I don't really consume okay. music. I'm consuming podcasts or really like it's just not part of my life in a way. So it's like I haven't I've kind of followed the trends in in general kind of over the year. You know, I know who should we talk are about Harry and, Styles? Yeah. Well, yeah. Why don't you talk about <laughs> Harry Styles a little bit? Because this will it'll it'll translate. But yeah. So you were you have been as obsessed with Harry Styles as I have been with with Madonna. And that is an interesting cultural thing because he is from a quote unquote boy band that was manufactured and put together. And then you made the Justin Timberlake uh, comparison. Totally. So tell me a little bit more. All I know is that I hate the way he dresses and he needs to cut his hair. So that means I'm old. We, uh, his new album, uh, Harry's House, is, uh, is pretty great. And uh, I've just been listening and to the genre would just be pop music or yeah, is there totally, okay, totally. Okay. like it you know right next to uh it, <laughs> new direction and uh, uh taylor swift you right kind of kind of genre and I, they used to date one stuff. direction not new direction <laughs> yeah. although i was like is there because that would be perfect <laughs> nude nude direction <laughs> uh and um uh, and so i feel like sexy back from justin timberlake mm -hmm. was like a 
a, a rebirth or a, or a, a shift yep. in, in Timberlake. It was the Michael Jackson leaving the Jackson 5 moment for Justin yeah. Timberlake yeah, as I think, a solo I think he artist. had solo before that, maybe, before Sexy Back, but it didn't feel That was his like big, for, yeah, right. his first big right. and, thing. And <clears throat> this new album, uh, and, and maybe uh, Watermelon Sugar song that came out like a year ago, that he has been, I mean, definitely on. Solo. This is not his first solo correct album, is it? It's not. It's correct. You are okay. correct. It is not his first album, okay. but solo album. But um, I'm just really impressed by the new album. Uh, it's super hooky and hmm. it's uh, great complexity of songs and and interesting topics and and everything. Interesting. It's not, it's not just. I'm gonna be with a girl. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not just like teen pop kind of stuff. It's, right. it's like more rich. Right. And, and Interesting. So we love it. Yeah, I love. I respond to music that has a hook so big you can hang a side of beef off of it. So. <laughs> well, and and so I was listening to one of the songs off the album when you arrived today. Yeah. And and what did you say? I don't. I don't remember like, now. <laughs> like, it feels kind of chill in here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it, it was like a nice slow folksy, yeah. just him and a guitar type yeah, type yeah, thing. Yeah. It wasn't like we're listening to One Direction, right? <laughs> right. Interesting. Well, what I noticed, so um, Madonna's uh, compilation CD came out, which is uh, a collection of. She's the first artist to have fifty number ones on one Billboard chart, and that is the mm. Billboard Dance chart. So this is all of her. Um, Billboard chart number one song. So there's 50 songs and all of them are the dance remix of the album song. So like there's very few, if any, that were just like, this is the song off the album. It's like a while. And what I noticed is, so this music has always been made for clubs and for dancing. I mean, that's her genre of music. And it was interesting to now looking back over the last 30, 40 years, as an outsider, I mean, I am I am not a club goer, <laughs> if that shocks anyone, <laughs> but kind of looking back to see how that genre has changed as its own little subgenre over the years, just club music in general. Totally. And so I wanted to do just a little bit of once a decade checking in on the club scene okay. through this, because I found so like it starts off. Oh, dear. Very much. Um, where's my volume? And we will be playing clips because we are discussing this in a news and editorial fashion in our news yep. segment of our podcast. Um, so very straightforward. Sounds like the radio song. There's maybe a breakdown or two uh, through here, but basically yep. the song extended little part for people to dance to. Very straightforward. Um, then we get to um, the... And, and so what decade was so that? So that was uh, Into the Groove is uh, like 85. Okay. So that is uh, the, very much the 19, 1980s. Um, yeah. And, and so a little, a little more, maybe a baseline, you know, that's a little heavier and stuff like that. But um, then we start getting into the 90s, um, the early 90s club vibe, which is... Um, Turning songs that are slow into fast songs, okay. yeah, but still 
kind of the song as it is with a beat. Then we get into the late '90s, and this is mostly, and this this whole thing is un. I I absolutely understand it's wholly uninteresting to <laughs> everyone but me and maybe DJ Extraordinaire uh, Nate Heath. <laughs> the, um, we get. You know the song uh, Don't Cry For Me Argentina, right? Yes. Which is the slow song from Evita, which is about 1930s Buenos Aires politics, of all things, which in of itself is an absurd thing to exist. Which you think of Madonna. Right, right. And and what you would think of as a banging club track that is so absurd, but still works. Let's see. <laughs> okay. It's like the closing credits on this on the uh, on the movie. <laughs> it totally is, but still, I she she that's the one one of the only ones she came back to re-record. Okay. But usually they just speed up the existing. Um, so again, we're we're getting very the the that bass beat is now starting to really come in, but we're still so here we are at the late nineties. Getting a little heavier. I snuck that song into a Central Washington State Fair ad when I was working for an ad. I'm like, no one's gonna know the Sasha ultraviolet mix of a ray of light, and they didn't. But what's funny, and I'll and I'll and I'll fast forward here uh, through. So once we get to kind of where we are now, or the early, um, or not the early, but the mid 2010s, it is. You can tell how the subgenre has gotten even more specific in its target market. Okay. So it's very much like I, I you walk in and you're like, <laughs> you have to be wearing like leather chaps and, <laughs> and like all of it is just super aggressive, like, right. And it's it's just funny to me how even in a subgenre like dance music, how you're getting almost more of a formula, formula, formula right. distilled down to right. like the last decade of stuff is the same, right. no matter what song it is. And it's it's just, it was it was a fascinating thing to like just sort of watch yeah, yeah, how that, watch that the, all goes. The evolution. I feel like a lot of things. If you watch uh, like from the 1970s the tv show emergency yeah like, it is so slow and boring and and like there is a three uh, i had i tried to uh, have colin watch it because he loves chicago fire and chicago right. med and and in the opening episode <laughs> the pilot episode there's someone stuck on a light pole, you know, electrical worker or something like that stuck up there. So they have to to get the ladder truck. There's a three and a half minute scene of the ladder extending. And and that's all. And so the refinements, you know, started there and they're like, Oh, we need to take out everything that's boring. And then we need to take every, you know, and then ER happened. Yeah. And they just took, that genre to the nth level where they're like yeah there there were emotional dramas and stuff but but you know 
a helicopter crash through the window <laughs> and like ne- during OR, you know, it's just yeah, like, yeah. everything's all the time. And uh, and so I, I feel like over that 30, well, you can tell period, in that same thing into the, the, the into the groove part, like kind of everyone's on the dance floor having right. fun. But by the end, it is like very much a specific super hardcore dancing gay audience <laughs> that that is what that and it, it's it's funny how exclusive all of these subgenres uh distill themselves down into but absolutely anyway that was all just an excuse i like to, it to listen to Madonna to listen music. to that I, mean, I think i had one question here oh what do you suppose and i didn't look this up what do you suppose the expression glass ceiling comes from like i understand what it represents Ah. and all of that but why is this is it because it's an invisible ceiling that Mm. some people don't yeah yeah. so it's 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 a fragile it's a barrier that looks like you might be able to go through it but it's just teasing you interesting and okay that that's my yeah, yeah, my yeah. feel uh like i, I don't know what oh, the there we go that would make is. sense so it is a barrier you can see into that upper floor where the executives are you know right and, you know, like as a and people don't understand why walking by don't understand why you don't go through it because they can't right. see it maybe right interesting yeah, yeah i was watching there's a really good and it finally wrapped up so i waited until it was all done uh, to watch it all, I think it's twelve episodes called um, "Secrets of Playboy," oh. and it was an A and E series that's sort of like how the science, the Leo Remini Scientology thing was about Scientology. This was um, a bunch of former people um, looking back at Hugh Hefner and all of Playboy, and like it's not what it seems. It it just chews through young women and steals their right. soul, basically that sort of thing. But it's a twelve part. Um, little mini mini docuseries, and I think Holly Madison, who was one of the yep. girls next door or whatever. Um, oh, I, tried, I just <laughs> clicked my chair. And I'm gonna help. <laughs> Falling into quicksand. <laughs> she's on it. Um, I think she's an executive producer, and there is an episode kind of devoted to her story because she ended up writing a book after she was Hep's yeah. girlfriend until whenever. And um, so it's just all really fascinating. And and if um, I love behind the scenes culture type thing and that story is compelling and it basically and it is my opinion in this once again this news segment news and editorial segment that Hugh Hefner I think to the surprise of few it just was a total monster yeah um as were most of the people like there's all behind the scenes like there's Bill Cosby there all through the 70s and like surprise surprise everybody was getting roofied in their drinks and um all of that so um uh so what's that one called? Uh, that's called Secrets of Playboy. It was on A and E. So um, wherever you can stream that or whatever, it might be in Hulu. I'm not quite sure. We, or Apple Apple Plus. We've watched two of the three episodes of The Most Hated Man on the Internet, Ooh. which is super compelling. And I wasn't. I I heard about things, but I wasn't really aware. I don't think I read any details about. Hunter um, Biden Hunter, and his laptop. Hunter, guy named Hunter Moore, uh, and uh, he had a website called "Is Anybody Up?" and it was uh, revenge porn, basically. Oh. And so he made a website where you could, as a human, upload anything, and 
And then he, the hunter guy, would take that person's personal information and post it with it. So Jeez. pictures of their Facebook, pictures of their you know, whatever, and phone numbers and addresses and, and everything. And then would <clears throat> absolutely not take anything down. Jeez. And uh, and so this documentary goes into the stories behind the victims. Wow. And, and well, it it turns out that like 40% of the people that were posted on there were victims of being hacked by people within that organization that were. Uh, and so like a girl would like I took pictures of myself. I had it on my phone. I emailed those photos to myself because I was running out of room on my phone. Right. Never sent them to anyone. Jeez. Now they're on a website with my personal information. Jeez. Right. And uh, and so they would uh, do a hacking thing and get into your email. And then there was a guy that just looked for any Right. Uh, attachment images they yeah. use and if they found anything they post it up there and then have all of your access to all of your social media as well and uh it's Gosh, that's terrifying and this guy hunter was the most outlandish douchiest guy you've ever heard of and right. he was just so proud of ruining people's lives and and how you know oh yeah i'm fucking your daughters and you know just just all the just a terrible terrible human and in his circle in his bubble he was praised by all the other right. douche rocket dudes right. that were idolizing him and and his little you know 4chan like crew yeah and then he chose to go on the anderson cooper show and anderson just laid out and and exposed him for what he was and he just went you know his um just snapped just yeah snap and uh ultimately he was taken down by the fbi because of hacking and wow um not because when was uh, this uh a uh, just about 10 years ago. Okay. And so 2014 is when he was convicted. Okay. Where is that? Where can one see this documentary? Netflix. Okay. Uh, the most hated man on the internet. And wow. it's compelling and uh, shocking. And you just want to punch this guy. Right. Uh, just a terrible, terrible human. Ugh, gross. Yeah. And yeah. that was the thing about Hefner was that he recorded everything. And so he has all of this mountain of like, if you say anything, you know that there's a, uh, you on a tape somewhere doing something after you were drugged, mm. you know, all of that. So gross. <sighs> well, let's turn on to happier things. Yay. Why don't you start us off here, Mark? Okay. Um, let me, I'm doing one little thing down here and then I'll go over so there's an eight-year-old girl who chatted with astronauts on the ISS using his her dad's radio. So Isabella Payne managed to catch a quick call to the ISS with the help of her father, Matt, an amateur radio enthusiast from Kent, England. Late in the evening on August 2nd, the pair took a punt at communicating with the amateur <laughs> radio station. Like written in <laughs> some British foreign land. <laughs> uh, station aboard the ISS... With a stroke of luck and some technical know-how, they managed to get through to uh, Kiel, Kiel, Kiel Lindgren, commander of the NASA SpaceX Crew-4, who launched the ISS in April. 
uh, welcome to the International Space Station. Uh, Lindgren welcomed the caller after they exchanged some technical formalities needed for the radio communication. And my name is Isabella, and I'm eight years old, <laughs> Isabella said. Uh, and so they, they chatted, and conversation lasted a little more than 30 seconds, but Matt and Lindgren managed to catch up later that day on Twitter. That's so crazy. Yeah. That anyway, yeah, you just kind of have to have the right ham radio, and right. if you do the right window, you can just call the space station. Yeah, and uh, as it arcs over, you know, it's within about a hundred, hundred and hundred and twenty-five miles of you. At its oh apex. wow! Yeah, That's it's right close. there. Yeah, it's right there. It's right. There. It's right there to watch the Missouri School District revive paddling to discipline students. Uh, Younger students this. could receive one or two paddle swings, while older students could get up to three. Parents, said the principal, had thanked the district for approving the practice that has mostly been in decline. Quote, parents have said, why can't you paddle my student? And we're like, we can't paddle your student. Our policy doesn't support <laughs> There has been conversation with parents and there has been requests for parents for us to look into it. Uh, corporal punishment is not new in American schools. In 1867, New Jersey became the first state to ban the practice in public schools, but it was over 100 years before other states followed suit. Even so, 1977 Supreme Court decision deemed that it was up to the states to decide what to do. It is still legal in 19 states including missouri and almost all states except for new jersey and iowa it's allowed in private schools the department of education uh, office of civil rights which compiles data last reported the figures from the 2017 to 2018 school year the data shows that more than 69,000 students were struck nationwide mississippi has the highest rate. I wonder where Mississippi would be on the uh, education list when you look at all 50 states. I wonder where it is. It's low. I think it's last. <laughs> so. um, followed by Texas. Texas and Alabama. Um, so, yes, in this, in this days of, of uh, school shootings, I'm sure the absolute first thing you want to do as a teacher is to paddle the disruptive <laughs> student who does not fit in with anyone else and constantly constantly is challenging authority <laughs> good idea so uh congress has now admitted that ufos are not man-made says that threats are increasing exponentially there's a lot of quote there's a lot of quote marks around those words man-made <laughs> threats exponentially <laughs> says uh, buried deep in a report that it's an addendum to the intelligence authorization authorization act for fiscal year 2023 congress made two startling claims the first is that cross-domain transmedium threats to the united states national security are expanding exponentially okay. cross-domain <laughs> transmedium threats so it does define that a little later oh, here. The second is that it wants to distinguish between UFOs that are human in origin and those that are not. Well, by definition, <laughs> the U in UFOs. Well, only okay. means unidentified. Right. That doesn't mean alien. That doesn't mean not man-made. It just means you can't, you don't know what it but is. But if I don't know what it is, how do I know who made it? <laughs> well, That's what I'm saying. Um to, uh, uh, humans in origin and those that are not 
temporary non-attributed objects or those that are positively identified as man-made after analysis will be passed to appropriate offices and should not be considered under the definition as unidentified aerospace undersea phenomena. (laughs) The document states a cross-domain transmedium threat is one that, by the Pentagon's definition, can move from water to air to space in ways we don't understand. Yeah. In July, the Pentagon announced it was opening the All Domain Anomaly Resolution <laughs> Office, Arrow, Arrow. <laughs> to investigate these threats. Last year, a leaked video that was confirmed by the Pentagon as being authentic appeared to show a UFO seamlessly flying beneath the waves. A bipartisan group of U.S. legislators have long put pressure on the Pentagon to figure out what the strange lights are that Americans are seeing in the sky. In 2021, the Department of Defense issued a report detailing more than 100 sightings that it investigated. It said some of what is studied could not be explained with current scientific models and asked for more time and money to study the phenomena. Congress has given it to them and now is asking the Pentagon to focus only on those objects that have not been designed by human hands. So what do you think about all this? Like, what is, do you, do you think like what? Okay. <laughs> okay. Hold on here. Maybe, maybe I need, Easy. I need some more of this. Um, percentage wise on your things that you think are reasonable causes for some of this stuff. How much oh. to you is it? There is an, a, a higher intellect, whatever extraterrestrial life that is responsible for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, based on the videos that I've seen of the vehicles and how they transport and all things, it's super compelling. I'd say like an 80%. That's, that's something from not this planet. Right. Or, or there's a undersea you know, civilization. Atlantis That's true. I guess there. I didn't think of that. Like I didn't think of the Atlantis thing being like maybe a complete possibility. <laughs> that's right. Maybe maybe it's not foreign entities. Maybe it's you know domestic, but foreign to us uh, in terms of technology. Uh, I I don't know. Like I guess I mean there is a lot of our making really cool shit undersea. And I want to know what it is. We don't know. It's underneath seventy percent of our ocean. T- totally. But you think that would? I mean, we've mapped the bottom of the ocean, uh, roughly, <laughs> mostly. But you know, if something's. I don't know what's two sc- miles what's scarier there. to you, like to think that these super advanced you know spaceship things are coming from beneath our ocean or are coming from outer the space. scariest thing are triangulas um uh, i think under the ocean because that means they're here they're here and they've been but, here but yeah but they haven't but then you're like well they haven't bothered us right like are they just checking us out? That's the other thing. And like the intent, like, and they look like Bigfoot. <laughs> and <laughs> and if it is true that these are some sort of extraterrestrial crafts or something like that, what does that mean as far as we've never been quote unquote contacted or like messed with or maybe we have? You know, I I know. And so are I, they just watching us like a zoo? Like they're right. And um, I I have a. 
um, a relative who is like, he's, I'm buying a Wamperdime camera that has infrared on mm. it so that he can see aliens going into and out of volcanoes. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. That's, and, is his name L. Ron Hubbard? <laughs> no. No. And, and he's like, we've got photos. You know, we've got other things. and But you can't see him with the naked eye. Yeah. You have to use infrared. I'm like, okay. Show me. Let's let's let's, go. let's do this. Yeah, boy, it's just it's fascinating and fascinating how where we are as a society that this isn't like a gigantic deal. Right. You know what I mean? Like we're all mildly interested in it, but really there are bigger things going on. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this this stand up comedian talk about you know my <clears throat> my father died and uh, he had a dog and and. The dog, yeah, I sat down with the dog and told the dog about the father's death. And father, uh, the dog went and, and crawled up in his chair and passed away that night. You know, like, and he, he, the entire audience like sighed and was sad about the dog. And he's like, and I've proven to you that you don't care about humans and you only care about dogs. <laughs> that dog didn't exist and you don't care about my father who passed away. Right. You know, and, so, so yes, uh, we, we are at that point where there's too many distractions around us and we, we only care about dogs and right. ourselves. Right. <laughs> well, in order to get our minds off that, you can go to a map, uh, at NBCnews.com uh, to see how much life expect- expectancy has declined in each state since 2020. Where are we in Oregon? So, um, I forget now. Yeah, I didn't. They didn't have a handy chart, so uh, it did go state by state. So if you are bored at work, you can see how much earlier we're all going to die. Show more Oregon. Let's see. Oh, come on. Um, we lost almost a year. Oh, okay. Uh, we went went down 0.8 years. Right. <laughs> uh, who lost the most? Oh, New York. Then D.C. and Louisiana, New Jersey, Arizona. Uh, those who lost the least, Hawaii. Oh, interesting. How's point, Colorado point doing? Two. Uh, Colorado. I always feel like, well, aren't they always like the healthiest state in all of these things? I always feel like it, come, they, it comes They lost them. almost two years, 1.7 oh, years. Oh, we're sorry. Yeah. I wonder how much COVID messed with those numbers. Uh, mostly. Probably a lot since yep. it's New York and New Jersey and all that. Well... Yeah. Conservative activist wants to ban 400 books from a library that aren't even on the shelves. Their list includes 400 titles predominantly focused on what, Mark? Yes, young adult books with LGBTQ characters, scenes describing sexual activities, or invoking the occult because the 80s are back again. The activists in this town of 2,500 people want the books preemptively banned. They turn to the library or they fumed that the library planned to join the American Library Association, a nonprofit trade organization known for fighting censorship. Um, censorship that local activists falsely accused of promoting pedophilia, because of course they did. They started a campaign to recall four of the five library trustees over a policy against restricting access to controversial books, putting up signs around town that read, Our mission is to protect children from explicit materials and grooming. The fervor became so heated that the, uh, this is all in Idaho, by the way, to the surprise of, of no one. The fervor has come so heated that the library's director is quitting just after nine months, starting a, citing a barrage of harassment. 
we want a strongly written policy, she says, that will not allow the library. Oh, she the um, librarian didn't say this. The Facebook group said we want a strongly written policy that will not allow the library to order materials with sex acts. They said banning the Bible outright. <laughs> Clearly, having never read the Song of Solomon before, which is just literal erotica. Right. Which <laughs> your, your teeth are like a line of shorn sheep. <laughs> and your bosoms are like that of the melons. Gazelles. I will grab my noise. And it's ah, your breasts are like your your stature is like a tree, and your breasts are like clusters of fruit. And I will climb that tree and take hold of its fruit. <laughs> that was always like the Love one that, like, when it was our turn as kids to do the devotionals after work, we'd be like, "We're gonna read Song Solomon." <laughs> how how eighties evangelical rebellious is that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the attempts to censor materials in libraries increased last year to 729, <clears throat> more than double the amount of the previous year, and it targeted uh, almost 1,600 books. More than a third of those uh, attempts included public libraries and included Black History Month and Pride displays, and the rest of it was just harassment of LGBTQ employees of the library. So... Hmm. As I mentioned on Facebook, well, I don't know. I don't care where you fall. If you're, if you look around and the people who are on your side are burning books, you are not on the wrong side. You are, <laughs> you are not, not on, on the, the right, right side. side of history. <laughs> I don't think ever in the history of humanity has the book burning crowd been the good guys or the reasonable right. ones. So, <clears throat> but taking Viagra cuts the risk of Alzheimer's by up to <laughs> 69%. Nice. Yes. This sent in, uh, this story sent in by listener, uh, Chelsea. So Chelsea, thank you nice. for sending this to the news desk. So experts analyzed data on 7.2 million U S adults and found regular users have a 69% lower chance of being diagnosed with Alzheimer's over the next six years. A team from Cleveland clinic. Oh shoot. Rick Emerson. I don't have a, Oh, the where, uh, a team from Cleveland Clinic. That's an old Rick Emerson joke for okay. anyone there who doesn't go. know. Uh, looked at whether any of the 1,600 approved drugs could be repurposed to tackle the underlying cause of the disease. Lead researcher, the lead oh, researcher from Cleveland's <laughs> Genome Medical Institute said sildenafil, which has been shown to significantly improve cognitive and memory in preclinical models, presents as the best drug candidate. Sildenafil may have neuroprotective uh, neuro effects and reduce levels of toxic tau proteins. <laughs> And I did leave this in the story originally appeared. This is, I believe, from the, the New York Post and originally from the sun, uh, <laughs> not in space, but from England. So yeah, take yeah. that for what it's worth. But yeah. I feel like oddly because uh, Viagra, I believe, was initially for lowering blood pressure or something like that. It was for something completely different than all the people taking it were like, but what about this boner I've had for three days? And so they started selling it for that. And now it sounds like it might have some, like they said, newer protective uh, qualities to it. So it's right. almost like it's the aspirin of, right. of totally. new medicine or whatever. So the side effect soon will be like, Oh, your blood pressure will go down. But again, the three day boner, <laughs> um, 
While topless dancer at a North Hollywood bar seek to be the only unionized strippers in the U.S. If the National Labor Relations Board grants, grants the petition and dancers of the Star Garden Topless Dive Bar to unionize, their bargaining union would be affirmed by the Actors' Equity Association, the National Labor Union representing more than 51,000 professional actors and stage managers. Quote, strippers are live entertainers, and while some aspects of their job are unique, they have much in common with other equity members who dance for a living, said the uh, spokesman for the Actors' Equity. They want health insurance and other benefits. They want workers' compensation. They need protection from sexual harassment, discrimination, and unjust terminations. Equity is well-situated to advocate for these workers, and we are excited to welcome their labor movement at this. So, yeah, I thought this was neat. They said one, um, the, where was it? Oh, the Lusty Lady in San Francisco unionized in 1996, but they closed in 2013. But, Mm. yeah, there is no, and it's, it's been interesting tracking my own, uh, personal mental um, outlook on strippers and prostitutes mm-hmm. and and what should be legal and what should not, what protects the human behind this industry that can chew up like, I mean, Hugh Hefner, we just had a whole discussion about that, that spits out women and they have no protection against the people. And, and as much as I would agree or disagree with what someone does, um, for a living or, or um, I know that it is a hugely vulnerable population that uh, never uh, has any humanity extended to <clears throat> it. And so the more humanity they have and the more power they have, the more power they have to rise out of situations that uh, got them there if that was not their choice already. So T- totally. And this kind of reminds me in, uh, of the documentary we were just talking about the most hated man on the yeah. Internet those ladies who had their photos stolen out of their private repository that wasn't shared with anybody and then posted on the internet could not get any advocacy from anyone no. because, well, you shouldn't have taken the pictures Yeah, and everybody was just dismissed and the jackass who posted them was lauded as yeah. a hero. Yeah. You know, well, and, after uh, uh, Playboy, Playboy in the mid nineties, uh, sold, <clears throat> had to sell, either weren't doing very well because the internet was coming in and stuff like that. So they sold the rights to all of their models being used just like on hardcore porn sites as uh-huh. the thing, like to reel people in or whatever. But all of the outtakes and like they uh-huh. would film the video shoots back in the seventies and, Later, they would just release those as as their own videos. And these women were like, we signed a contract to take their Playboy was the tasteful way to be new. And like, that's usually what ended up in the magazine. But then all of a sudden they're on hardcore porn sites with their names attached to them with Uh. these behind. I mean, and just exploitation upon exploitation. And yeah, there is no way because people don't see them as human and people. Well, you should have known. It's like I should have known what that I Signed a it's, contract it's and that fine that for people to exploit me right. just because of this. So finding the humanity in people is, yeah, is something that is difficult and it's interesting to, to do so. Well, Bernie Sanders blast the rigged economy as chip makers cut investments. Uh, he said, this is what a rigged economy looks like on the same day. A bill was signed into law to give 76 billion with a B blank check to the microchip companies. Intel announced it will be cutting back on plans to increase job by 4 billion while increasing dividends 
for its shareholders. Uh, he was referring to Intel's move to cut spending on manufacturing plant build-outs and other investments by $4 billion. EvenEp continues to pay a sizable dividend. Uh, led by its lavishly compensated CEO, Pat Oh, Gelsinger, Intel lobby aggressively for CHIPS Act, which is what it was called, the Chips and Science Act, threatening to move more of its operations outside the U.S. if the subsidies bill wasn't approved. Uh, Biden approved the measure into law after it passed both chambers with overwhelming bipartisan support. Even when we get bipartisan support, things can don't go right. Um, Sanders, um, blah, 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 was the only one to vote no. Uh, the only the only member of the Senate Democrat caucus to vote no in several speeches, Sanders blasted le- legislation as corporate welfare, all of that. Um, and he proposed changes so that if they didn't do as they said, they wouldn't get any more money. And of course, Democrats and Republicans both rejected those proposed changes. So, ha. <laughs> on it goes. Why don't you take these next two? <clears throat> Americans spent more time streaming than watching cable TV in July, a first. Streaming captured 34.8% of total U.S. TV viewing time during the, during the month, while cable TV attracted only 344 according to Nielsen. The total time in the U.S. spent streaming rose 22.6% from a year earlier, while cable viewing time declined by almost 9%, a sign of streaming's continued ascent while more americans cut the pay tv cord yes last week's episode of the not nerd podcast had a really good breakdown of uh, and a deeper dive into that so uh go go tune into that to find out more but yes to the surprise of no one streaming is um rising and broadcast and cable is falling in other shocking news (laughs) yeah we're just continued to be shocked (laughs) ivermectin among generic drugs that failed to help COVID 19 patients avoid hospitalization large study shows a large study found three generic drugs drugs fluvoxamine fluvoxamine which is often prescribed to treat depression the controversial antimalarial ivermectin and the diabetes pill metformin uh, failed to prevent the kind of severe COVID-19 that leads to emergency room visits or hospitalization. The research published Wednesday in the New York Journal of Medicine, New England Journal of Medicine, examined whether any of these three medications benefit the 1,323 patients when prescribed in the early days of COVID-19 infection. They did not. <coughs> I did just see, I'm having the the... I was going to get uh, a second booster and then we were all talking and they're like, well, there's a new vaccine coming out. There's a shiny new version yeah, coming, out, coming out and a couple more weeks. Now it's like the front page of Drudge is like they're not testing or something. I'm like, well, should I wait for now? I'm back in the like, this is unproven. Like, we don't know what this totally. new thing is. And like, should I just stick with an old one? And so I don't I don't know what to do. I I got the second you know people 50 and above boost oh did you um, yeah i might go in and just say yeah. i'm a i'm a service care worker or yep. whatever and i'll let those fools who get it right out of the gate without it being tested <laughs> see what it does to see you see what it does with their three eyeballs suck on my tube of <laughs> ivermectin well portland's only bookmobile has oh. been stolen the portland police bureau says if 5,442 cars have been stolen in the first half of 2022. For comparison, 3,400 cars were stolen in the first half of 2021. So it's about 2,000. That's a 59% increase and means Portland is on pace 
to super, surpass last year's number. Well, good. Good job, <laughs> Portland. Nice, nice job. Which was? <laughs> the Portland uh, Police Bureau hasn't had an auto theft unit since 2006. Uh, in the past year, 92% of stolen vehicles had been recovered. 80% within 30 days of the theft. But that's just because people are finding abandoned vehicles and no right. arrests are made. The police says it doesn't have enough uh, officers for touch of such a task force anymore. The Bureau is down to 324 patrol officers for a city of 650,000. Um, the number of officers in 2006 was 768. Man, from 2006 to now, that's less than half. Um, so in 2006, there were 1,000. And the total number of sworn oh, oh, officers oh. currently is 768. Oh, okay, so sorry. So we're still small. Right, uh, but not. Patrol officers are 324. Oh, okay, okay. So, but uh, still uh, small. But, <clears throat> you know, the the whole defund the police, which was a terrible marketing <laughs> campaign. Just, uh, still sh- can't believe it. Should have been, uh, you know, Fund uh, our cities. Fund our cities. <laughs> like and so a lot of the roles that a police officer would be tasked with, uh, like counseling, you know, going to uh low priority how you know right. we're just having a fight, you know, and they need a mediator more yeah, than anything. Yeah. Like why were the police called for something like that? Right. Um and so that's And I do have and this is Again, my own personal opinion <laughs> said in the news, news and editorial part of our news and editorial statement. Um, I do. Maybe I shouldn't say this. <laughs> I now you have to. I do feel like as an outsider who doesn't know anything. So I probably am wrong, but it feels like the vibe is that the Portland police is a little salty that it like can't just be best friends with white supremacists anymore like that they have to separate themselves from the proud boy elements of what that means in the northwest and that they're just like well fine then we, we, we won't do anything right right so i don't I, know I'm with you. again i don't think that's uh super true but all right let's wrap this up with let's see most of these i just cut down the headline i texted you yesterday i'm like um i have 26 pages of news <laughs> Um, so I'm going to move with the Newport Bell, which is a, um, floating hotel boat in Astoria is reopening. So that's really cool. Um, nice. the article itself is one of the, it all started 52 years ago. So there wasn't much concrete information, but it's a beautiful looking uh, boat that's out in Astoria. And that is a floating hotel, a uh, hostage at Portland auto shop went from thinking he'd need to kill a suspect to talking him into a surrender, which was about this dude that, um, was in an auto shop waiting for his, his like mini to be uh, <laughs> fixed and a guy came Miguel in when for being a customer yeah. yeah so he ended up talking the guy he's like if you if you kill me you'll go to hell forever or whatever <laughs> and the guy was like oh yeah, so he ended up surrendering which is cool um a boyfriend gelled after felonious cheeseburger battery at burger king this is all stuff we just don't have time to talk about it spaghetti sauce is under threat as a water crisis slams tomatoes but i cut out all of those so that we can end with an ousted queen issues a statement this is from Bucyrus, indiana 
a family, a, a familiar face at the Bratwurst Festival opening <laughs> ceremonies will be missing, particularly the original Queen Abigail Brockwell. Abigail was forced to give up her crown at a special meeting held by the Bratwurst Festival Board on August 8th. According to sources... The turmoil surrounding the court has been building for some time. As a result of those conflicts, the queen and her immediate court were ordered to turn in their crowns and sashes over to the pageant officials. They were told. Uh, so th- this not very great written article from a public radio station in Bucyrus, Indiana. So help me figure this out. The court, the queen and the court were told that they could only attend events that were signed to them. So that is mostly the case. You can't, you know, just show up as your queen queenship at like dairy queen. (laughs) Um, But according to sources, Abigail Brockwell attended the Baltimore festival held in Baltimore, Ohio from August four to six. She allegedly wanted to attend a goodbye luncheon for the outgoing royalty that included someone she had become good friends with. And sources say Brockwell purchased her own luncheon ticket. She wore a gown of her own to the formal luncheon and she did not have access to her crown or sass. So she was just going as regular girl. Yep. She registered and signed in under her own name, not attaching herself to the Bratwurst Festival or the royalty in any way. Okay. A princess has been assigned to represent the Bratwurst Festival in an official cap. So the story just suddenly goes back to where it began. But because she did that and it was not an event assigned to her, she has been ordered to turn in her crown and her sash. According to sources close to the events leading up to her removal, Brockwell was called to a meeting on August 8. She thought she was sending a meeting to discuss her opening ceremonies. Instead, she was stripped of her crown in a letter signed by seven unidentified board members. Crawford <laughs> County now has confirmed that the festival director, Kevin Myers, was not in attendance. Ooh, that sounds mysterious. He was called across town for something else from other important Bratwurst Festival <laughs> agenda that they distracted him. But now Crawford County has learned that Brockwell was ordered to turn in the gifts she received from sponsors or the festival could face criminal charges. Crawford County now has obtained the message that was allegedly sent to the unidentified in- individual advising them not to speak with Crawford County on risk of being charged with defamation. Over a Bratwurst <laughs> festival. The county now has requested copies of termination letter or any supporting evidence. Miss um, Brockwell has re, uh, given us the following statement. Okay, so this is um, Abigail Brockwell. I would like to start off by thanking everyone who supported me through this time and also through this past year. It means so much to me to know that so many people are standing by my side during this difficult time. When this year started off, never did I think I would be in the situation right now, especially one week before the Bratwurst Festival starts. I traveled to 37 festivals in Ohio and attended numerous community events during my time as the 2021 Bratwurst Festival Queen. I am so happy to have met all the people I did, some of whom will stay lifelong friends and family. I do not wish this situation on anyone. No one should ever have to go through this. But I know girls before me have gone through the same thing. What? Even though my life, my title has been removed as of August 8th, the memories and friendship I have made this past year will never be, ta- be able to take and be taken from me. And for that, I'm grateful. Thank you, Abigail Brockwell. 
festival director said that the advised that the county is not required to make the requested documents available, so it'll all remain a mystery. So no comment will be made except by their legal counsel. So yeah, so she has retained a lawyer, and um, uh, about ten days ago, and wow. so it's it's the Bratwurst <clears throat> Festival is festival is heating up. Uh, several people in the crowd from the Queen's pageant on Thursday evening were wearing black T-shirts with "Long Live the Queen" <laughs> on the front and hashtag Team Abby on the back. The shirts. <laughs> Uh, wow that, yeah, I guess, well, then I guess that means, uh, updates as they come in across the Mark and Todd gas news desk. We'll find out. We will find out Abigail Brockwell. You fight the madness. (laughs) All right. Well, let's, I am going to go to the bathroom and then we will come back because I would like to tell you all about the mad King of Lake Michigan. Love it. So we will take a small break for us and we will come back. It'll be easier to find find my edit. Oh, you. you. I just kept it running. Oh, okay. Cool. Easier that way. Well, we are back. And this is one of those things that popped up in one of my YouTube recommends, which always kind of recommends what I like a wheel of Wikipedia type entries of, of strange things. And it is the story of James Strang, the Mad King of Lake Michigan. Um, James Jesse Strang was born in 1813 in New York. And as a youth, he had a rather profound personal diary and wrote in a secret code he, at the age of 12, was baptized as a Baptist and um, did not want to follow his uh, father into farming, so he took up the study of law. This is all building up to how he had his own, uh, he ran his own island in Lake, Lake Michigan, So, uh, uh, which I will obviously get to more later. But um, he described himself as a cool philosopher and a free thinker and joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and quickly became friends with Joseph Smith and was baptized into the church in 1844. On March 3 of 1844, he was ordained an elder by Joseph's brother Hiram and sent forth uh, at Smith's request to Wisconsin to establish a Mormon uh, colony in Voree, Wisconsin. And shortly after um, uh, Strang left to do that, Joseph Smith was murdered by anti-Mormon mob in uh, Illinois. And so after that, Assassination. Strang claimed to the uh, claimed the right to lead the Latter Day Saints, but he was not the only person to want to take over uh, Smith's position. His most significant rivals were Brigham Young, of course, and um, Sidney Ring, uh, Rigdon. And I'm assuming that since you've never heard of James Strang or Sidney Rigdon, but you have heard of Brigham, Brigham Young, <laughs> who won? Uh, who won that uh, yeah. as uh, who got to be the first president after Smith? Uh, Brigham Young would reject offers to debate with Strang for the next three years before following uh, leading his followers to Utah while Rigdon went to Pennsylvania. Um, the Quorum of the Twelve, which is kind of the people, the uh, the quorum in charge of the church, 
uh, published a notice in the Times of Seasons, which was the name of their publication, of Strang's excommunication. And Strang insisted that the laws of the church prevented ex, uh, excommunication without a trial. He equally asserted that the 12 had no right to sit in judgment of him, and he was the lawful president. So having a big uh, power struggle with all these people over who gets to dictate what is happening with the LDS church. Uh, James Strang himself rested his claim to leadership on an ordination by an angel at the very moment that Joseph Smith died, which was similar to the ordination of Joseph Smith himself. Uh, requirements that he claimed were set forth by the doctrines and covenants, in other words, uh, uh, predicted in in their own in their own doctrine and covenant and covenant. Uh, this Strang's letter convinced several eminent Mormons of his claims, including Book of Mormon witnesses John and David Whitmer, Martin and Martin Harris, and Hiram Page. So they kind of all went with uh, Strang, about along with about twelve thousand other Latter Day Saints, ultimately accepted Strang's claim as being the leader of the church. So he. Uh, established the Stake of Zion on Beaver Island in Lake Michigan, where he moved his church in 1848. Um, and this was uh, an island in the middle of Lake Michigan that had lots of timber, but it was not uh, populated by anyone. So they had to bring in their own roads and bring in their own infrastructure and stuff like that to uh, live on this island. His church had a high turnover rate, with many of its uh, initial adherents accusing Strang of uh, dictatorial tendencies so surprise that a person who leads a group of people to a private island to practice a religion might be a dictator many defectors were due to Strang's seemingly abrupt about face on the turbulent subject of polygamy he vehemently opposed he was vehemently opposed to the practice at first but then he reversed course in 1849 and became one of its strongest advocates marrying five wives and fathering 14 children, he defended his new tenant by claiming that far from enslaving or demeaning women, says Hugh Hefner, uh, uh, <laughs> polygamy would liberate and elevate them. Man, isn't it crazy how things don't change? <laughs> Seriously. And tactics don't change, right. even if they're in wildly different environments. It's the same behavior. I'm um, celebrating all five of my wives. That's right. I'm liberating them and elevating them by allowing them to choose the best possible mate based upon many factors that they thought were important. Rather than being forced to wed and uh, and saying that that would corrupt and degrade them, um, a woman could marry the man she believed was most compatible to her and father her children. So his first wife was Mary Purse, who he married in 1836 when she was 18 and he was 23. Uh, they were separated but remained legally married until his death. His second wife was 19-year-old Elvira, um, which is pretty great. And um, he, because he wasn't allowed to have a second wife, he disguised her as his his nephew charlie douglas <laughs> and so she had like this short haircut oh. it was basically yentled the right. whole situation um, before revealing her true identity uh, in 1850 uh, like joseph smith joseph strang reported numerous visions unearthed and translated allegedly ancient metal plates using what he said were the biblical urim and thummim and claimed to have restored long lost spiritual knowledge to humankind just like Joseph Smith. He presented witnesses to authenticate his records that he claimed to have uh, received, including his Vori plates 
that's kind of interesting to just double down on that plates thing. They're like, that's the thing from the original movie that they're going to want to see again. So let's bring back the plates. The the whole mythology about the plates. Let's talk about that for just one second. For the Book of Mormon, their, their premise, their, their thing that they put forward was came across the plates Urim and Thummim. So he puts on the glasses, and the and the glasses show him. And he has to put him in a hat, right? Like he, he has had, to look. Yeah, yeah, he has. Yeah, you look look through a hat. All was, I know about the Mormons I learned from South Park. I'm not gonna lie about <laughs> looks, being an ugly American. So, um, the the original text. So it was in the ancient language, and so basically like hieroglyphics or or something, and. Below that, once you put the glasses on or looked at the text through the glasses, it would show the translation in English. Mm. And he then had a scribe, so he would read the words, the scribe would write them down, and the words would disappear after they'd been properly transcribed. And so if there was a mistake (coughs) or a period out of place or a letter out of place, the, the word would stay there and remain there until it was properly transcribed. Right. So that was 1830. And so that would mean that the 1830 Book of Mormon was absolutely infallible with with no like right. if you first. were if you were to change that, that would mean you are introducing your own text into there and you are you right. are changing the words of god right and there's been thousands of changes to the 1830 book well, of mormon did he lose the original or something like that and or no because like people were like um and again this is, this is all from south park are you are you just sticking your head in a hat and making <laughs> stuff up if if this is true why don't you try it again and so we like tried to do it again and clearly it wasn't <laughs> wasn't the same thing but um yeah all of that is is very fascinating so yeah pulling off the uh now with the vori yeah. plates which were minuscule brass plates uh. that he said been led to uh by a vision in 1845 he also uh james strang also claims to have translated parts of the plates of laban described in the book of mormon um so he's coming up with all of this uh all of this material uh, original original material that he can copyright as his own. <laughs> um, he expanded everything with notes and commentary, um, and he served as the constitution for the spiritual kingdom on Beaver Island and is still accepted by st- uh, the scripture by the Strangites, which is what they were called, or the Strangites, excuse me. Um, Strang allowed women to hold the priesthood offices of priest and teacher unique among all the LDS factions. He welcomed African-Americans into his church and he ordained at least two of them into its eldership. Um, He also mandated the the conservation of land and resources requiring the buildings of parks and the retention of large forests in his kingdom. So 
did do some uh, decent things. He claimed that he was required to occupy the office of king as it was described in the Book of the Law of the Lord. He was accordingly crowned in 1850 by his counselor and prime minister. About 300 people worship, uh, witnessed his coronation for which he wore a bright red flannel robe, which was topped by a white collar with black speckles. His crown was also made of tin rather than gold, and it was described in one account as being, quote, a shiny metal ring with a cluster of glass stars in the front. Yes. So uh, he spo- also sported a breastplate and carried a wooden scepter. His reign lasted six years. He never claimed to be the king of Beaver Island itself, nor did he claim to be the king of any other geographical entity. Instead, he claimed he was the king of his church. Uh, He also didn't say his kingdom supplanted the United States in sovereignty, um, but he often asserted his authority on beaver, even over non-strangites, which was a practice that ultimately caused him and his followers a great deal of grief. So now we're on July 4, 1850, where a drunken mob of fishermen vowed to kill the Mormons and to drive them out, only to be awed in sub- into submission when Strang fired a cannon, which that he secretly acquired at them. As a result of his coordination, along with lurid details uh, that were being spread, Strang was accused of treason, counterfeiting, trespassing on government land, and theft, among other crimes. He was brought to trial in Detroit, Michigan, after President Millard Fillmore ordered the United States District Attorney to investigate the rumors about Strang and his colony. So yeah, once he fired a cannon on people trying to invade his land, that kind of got the attention of the uh, United States at large. Uh, but his successful trial, trial defense brought him considerable fable press where he was used as leverage when he ran for and won a seat on the Michigan State Legislature as a Democrat. Uh, he was reelected in 1855 and did, to, uh, and did much to organize the upper portion of Michigan's lower peninsula into counties and townships. He fought uh, ardently. He ardently fought the illegal practice of trading liquor to local Native American tribes due to a common practice of selling them diluted liquor, uh, and that made him many enemies among the people of Mackinac Island who provide who profited from um, mixing uh, watering down the drinks that they would sell to the Na- Native Americans. But with just uh, and with Joseph Smith before him, James Strang had problems with excommunicated or disaffected members who often became anti-Mormons or even conspired against them. Um, But going back to regulating every aspect of his followers' life, that shockingly always leads to somebody's downfall. Uh, He described describing women's clothes as impractical and unhealthy. Strang decreed the female subjects needed to be dressed in loose, kneeling smocks worn over modest uh, pantaloons. And the most women uh, accepted that change, but a few refused to comply. When two women refused to wear pantaloons, Strange... (laughs) Strang had their husbands whipped, which that's a a power play right there. One of those husbands, Thomas Bedford, who had been flogged for engaging in adultery with another member's wife, blamed Strang for the flogging and sought revenge. The other, uh, Dr. McAuliffe, had been excommunicated for drunkenness and other misdeeds after previously enjoying Strang's favor. So they conspired against Strang, along with uh, some of the Mormon enemies. Um, and on Monday, June 6, 1856, Strang was waylaid about 7 p.m. on the dock of the harbor of Beaver Island with Wentworth and Bedford, who snuck up and shot him in the back. 
all of this was carried out in full view of several officers and men who were stationed on the USS Michigan, a naval vessel docked on the harbor. Nobody aboard, aboard the ship made any effort to warn or aid to the intended victim. Uh, Strang was hit three times. One bullet grazed his head, another bullet lodged in his cheek, and a third bullet lodged in his spine, paralyzing him from the waist down. When the sausage then savagely Essentially, pistol whipped a victim before running aboard the nearby vessel, uh, the USS Michigan, uh, where they uh, he and his companion both claimed sanctuary. Huh. Some accused the captain of that ship of being complicit or even last having foreknowledge, but uh, no evidence has been able to uh, has been found to 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 prove that. So the king of Beaver Island was taken back to Voree, where he lived for three weeks. And died at the age of 43 in 1856. Um, yeah, and then nobody nobody went after the two assassins, Bedford and Wentworth. Uh, and so they were kind of given a mock trial. They were fined $1.25 <laughs> and then released. So none of their plotters, uh, plotters were ever punished for their crimes. How much you got in your pocket? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. $1.25. Yep, yep. So before he died, he lingered on his deathbed, but he was determined, um, his enemies in Michigan were determined to extinguish his Beaver Island kingdom. A drunken, in 1856, a drunken mob of Gentiles descended on the island and forcibly evicted every Strangite from it. His uh, approximately 2,600 people were herded hastily onto steamers. Most of them were headed on uh, before they were robbed of their personal possessions and dumped onto docks along the shores of Lake Michigan. Um, he uh, he never appointed a successor, telling his apostles that uh, to take care of their families as much as they could and await divine instruction. So left without a prophet, most of the people that followed him, including all of his wives, departed uh, from the church after the murder and joined the reorganized church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in, uh, 1860. So crazy, uh, um, little story of, let's see, how does this, how does this end up here? The, uh, the County, which is Manitow country County, which he fought to establish was abolished by Michigan in 1895, remo- removing the last tangible remnant of his temporal empire of all those efforts. His most vital and perhaps unintended one was of his contribution to the LDS religion, which turned out to provide some of its impotence behind the creation of the reorganized church, which became a major Utah based movement. So weird uh, talk about subcultures we started right. with dance and then we end up with with something like uh the mormon religion after it's starting the power struggle to that and how that leads to being king of an island which is pretty great but um yeah what a what a wild story and someone kind of not opposite but we we're talking about that worst most hated guy on the internet who was clearly a monster this guy not a monster. I mean, right. preservationist, kind to the Native American. I mean, people are oddly complicated, even when right. they try to control. They let that monster out to consume them and the people around them. So, anyway, the Mad King of Lake Michigan. Super fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, so that's interesting. We started with the Queen of the Bratwurst Festival and ended up with the King <laughs> of of Beaver Island. It's royalty so, day. That's right. Well, thank you everyone for hanging in there and listening to our show. Mark, it was great doing it with you and once again having a fascinating conversation. That's what she said. So that's what she said. <laughs>
Excellent. I have. I'm just gonna. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, maybe there's maybe. Jeez, Louise. Maybe there's some bratwurst-related song we can go out on. The so chicken let's... dance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna tie your bra- uh, type bratwurst into. Oh, I guess I should put song. I guess <laughs> bratwurst song into YouTube, and we're gonna play blindly. Oh, maybe I should. Uh-huh. Well, oh, here's it. This, this first thumbnail is sketchy, so <laughs> I'm gonna go with the bratwurst song from Stationary Sign. No. Or an Airbnb ad. Something Elsa and her all Oompa Oompa <laughs> band. 